is Rock and Roll Grad School with your hosts, Heidi Hedquist and Luke Poling. This ain't no nightclub or CBGBs, but for their sake, let's just pretend it is. Hello, kitties. Hello, Betty. Hello, Hello Heidi. Betty. Hello. Um, we are talking with the great Betty. Yes. Today. Uh, holiday shows, Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And since we've talked to them, they've gone up at least 1%. I should just check again right now and see how they're doing on, on Kickstarter. But the last time they were, they're moving up, you know, like they are, they're doing it. That's good. Um, but our, you know, our listeners should still help them get oh, over the top. No, there's nothing better than, you know, it, the goal is a goal, but more is always better. Indeed. Yes. Um, And so... So it's a fun conversation and we should try to keep it brief, I guess, because it goes on for a bit. True. You know, we go into some stuff. Let them um, speak for themselves. Exactly. But quickly, uh, Winterlicious. Yes, indeed. My God. Um, very similar yeah. to Elton John's backup percussionist. Mm. We were watching the show and I thought, I wish I was, I was as joyful and is happy about anything in my life that uh, then her two backup dancers were. Wow. These guys loved it. All right. And, they, and they've been with her for 30 years. Like her whole oh. band has been there. A lot of it was backing tracks, which I'd never really seen before. Okay. Um, but she did all your favorites. All my holiday favorites? And then or some Debbie, favorite. both, both. I mean, we I've out, seen Debbie. We got out of the blue. We got um, electric, electric, electric youth. youth. Certainly, we shook our love. It was great. Nice. There were costume changes. Not usually a thing. I think. That, bless you, Randy. I think the last show I saw that had costume changes was The Darkness. Mm. Same, you know. Of course, um, yeah. But it was like a great, I just, the, the Deb heads are unbelievable. Yes. Because they are true. I mean, they are very much the equivalent to dead heads. There was a woman there who had seen <laughs> Debbie. Randy, damn it. There was a woman there who had seen Debbie 20 times this year. Wow. And God bless her, but Debbie is not performing Dark Star. No. No. She's not. Um, I mean, yeah, that's a lot. Did you tell her? Did you tell her? Did you tell her? Did you tell her about us? Did you tell her? Did you tell her what we did? Did you tell her? Did you tell her I talked dirty? Did you tell her? Did you tell her that you screamed? So Friday night was the first of your holiday shows this year. That's right. It was in Boston. So we drove up from New York, remembering in our heads that it was exactly remembering in our heads that it was under three hour drive, but it actually turned out to be a five hour drive because oh. Prince William and Kate oh, and yes. Biden were all in town and it was a Celtics game. Oh. So it was really crazy, but we got to see Boston as it truly is in all its color and flavor. And we had a really great time. So what does the shows, the holiday shows consist of? Is it stuff off of Snowbiz or is it 
your regular jingle bell rock and such oh no 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 it's all our own music i mean maybe we'll throw in a a twisted version of another song um like our version of jingle bells that's on the on the album but mostly it's it's um you know it's like christmas and coming things like that but it's also a mix of our regular music and some of our music to come on our new album and the way it all started was we were doing holiday shows here in New York. We've been doing them. You know, Betty's been together for 36 years. I'm I, very know. I know. It's amazing. And in band years, that's like a century and a half. Right. But, um, <laughs> we've been doing these holiday shows in town, and we would always have the same guest who was Gloria Steinem. Every year, we would have Gloria Steinem come and, and read something because she's a friend and she's so fun. And she would do these really great lists and all. And then we started taking that out on the road, not with Gloria, but just with ourselves and the music. But it's basically around a theme. Like last year was the Holly Jolly Apocalypse. <laughs> and this year is a very open-ended togetherness love theme because we figure we need that more than anything else. But yes. those shows that, were, that are still remaining, we have our fabulous With Gloria show here in New York on Sunday. Um, December 11th, which we're really excited about, City Winery. There's only about seven tickets left. So your first wow. seven people who <laughs> listen to this need to rush and get their tickets yes. from get on City it. Winery. Yeah. That's right. It's City Winery at seven o'clock. And then our final holiday show of the entire season is going to be next, the Wednesday after this one, which is going to be on the 15th of December in Washington, D.C. at City Winery at 7.30. And I say that with joy in my voice because Betty started in Washington, D.C. That's so it's wow. really a home, a homecoming show. Yes. And that's perfect for so many reasons. Why? Why do you say that, Heidi? <laughs> well, I think it's perfect for the whole, you know, full circle coming home, right? It's perfect for the obviousness of the climate we've been in for so long. And this little moment, not to jinx it, of some of the things that have just come out of recent elections of this renewed sort of love is still out there. Still, still hanging on. It might just be still a little legal. bug right now. Yeah. Still legal. <laughs> still okay to be a girl. All kinds mm -hmm. of things, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think not if you want an abortion. Well, <laughs> well, we're, we're working on it. So. Yeah. Well, we're trying. Yeah. It, 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 We've it, all it, been it, working on it for a exactly. long time. Exactly. Yes. So, <laughs> I mean, but, the reason they should have done what they did with with uh, gay marriage, they should have done that in in Senate and Congress when it had to do with strictly women and they didn't and it's a huge yeah. mistake and the democrats need to wake up and see that the people that are voting them into office are women women of color in particular yes. so yeah. that's something that we really need to keep in mind that that was a huge huge mistake but it was also if they don't see it now that that's what got people to the polls and that's what got people to vote then i don't see when they they're they're ever going to see it you can't deny the the fact that when you take away Roe v. Wade, then we come out. We come out and we speak our voice. Mm -hmm. And that's and, Elizabeth um, speaking. That's Elizabeth of Betty. Sorry, yes, so. that's Elizabeth of Betty, and I'm Allie of Betty. I'm sorry, we didn't introduce ourselves. We should have. We should have just. Should've, we we should have said hello, it's, Betty. It's and... a nightmare. It's a nightmare. We completely yeah. ruined the podcast already. <laughs> Luke, Heidi, what's going oh on? I know. Well, we but, never said we were professional. We said we were backstage. Yes, we just said we've been doing this. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Say so we're already good at it. <laughs> I just wanted to comment on something that Elizabeth just said, though, and that is that you in Detroit. Have a phenomenal governor and are leading this nation in all kinds of um, the um, the thing that just passed. Yes. So we well we are. That's why I think I feel a little more hope as a girl because I'm in Detroit and right. we had a lot of a lot of people cross 
cross aisles yes. and come on over and vote the right way because we we had a very important bill on yes the, and there was some very sneaky marketing happening yes around here of things like you know protect women's health vote no on proposal three but right. for my belief system we needed to vote our, seemingly our belief system here mm -hmm. needed to vote yes on proposal three which we and did overwhelmingly did. Yes. i know heidi so that's what i'm saying that's where i have hope and you yes, Luke, over there exactly. in, in pennsylvania we you got Sutterman out there uh, finally and yeah josh shapiro which like seemed yes. like that was going to be a gimme but there was always that like because of 2020 or I'm sorry 2018 I was just like I don't want to jinx it I, I don't want to take anything for granted just assume. It's Roe v. Wade. it's Roe yeah. v. Wade that did that all across the board yep. and so people need to understand that especially the people in office and it's great you know we we um and we've known that since the beginning of Roe v. Wade we've known that and it's not it's been subtle no yeah. no but they haven't paid attention to it and they haven't really given credence and they yeah. haven't put the money into, into those parts of the population and um i think i think people are waking up because the younger people are being voted in now and uh, that and gun control i think it's a big issue a big issue that's um been a turning point a flashpoint for the democrats and also republicans people republicans don't want to send their kids to school to get shot you know nope. they don't want you to do think. it yeah you hope yeah i mean the what ones you know the ones that are sane well sure that's that's always the, the sticking point <laughs> yeah Small detail. but i i am very gratified about some of the people who are now in in our political places like malcolm kenyatta there in pennsylvania malcolm kenyatta is someone that mm -hmm. i've been following for a while he's phenomenal and there are just so many great people that are, I would never want to be a politician. Can you imagine oh, what no. life oh, must no. be like? No, but no, the no. people who are sacrificing their lives for the good of all of us, I just, I'm, you know, kudos to them. I'm really happy about that. And I do feel that America's headed in the right direction, which is, Elizabeth uses the analogy of a rubber band. The, the rubber band had to stretch back to like spring us forward. And I really feel like that's what's happening right now. You know, one of the things I thought was interesting when I saw you perform in New Hope was this balance between fun songs, kind of a, a lighthearted approach, and it sounds like the Christmas, or sorry, holiday shows are nothing but celebrating and having a good time and maybe a little looser than your typical show, a typical Betty show. But at the same point, I feel like you take this moment to sort of acknowledge like, but here's the serious stuff that's going on and we can all dance and have a good time. But when kind of when the, uh, when the foot comes down, we got some things we got to get done here. And is that a difficult needle to thread for you as performers? Not to, to at all, Luke. Luke, that is exactly who we are. We've always said that our holiday shows are, are not so happy holidays because there is a lot of joy and celebration, but you know, Elizabeth and her sister, Amy in the band are both Jewish. I'm black. We know what it's like to be out there, no matter what. You always have to have your joy, but there are huge issues in your life. I think the reason that we have been together for 375,000 years now is because we all have the same impetus. We all want to right the wrongs. And we we have to address them when they come up, but we have to try and do it in a way that doesn't smash people over the heads. You know it what I mean? That's insane. You know, you, mm. can't, you can't make yourself crazy. You have to be able to imbibe and have fun and dance and talk to your friends and celebrate things. And I think that the left has really become much more celebratory. That's something I've watched through all of the um, 
through all the demonstrations and things um it's still very angry but it's also very there's a lot of humor and a lot of love in it and a lot of just like are you fucking kidding me seriously and that's that i think that's one thing that's really great about what's happened on the liberal side of of america because we've it's it, it has become so ludicrous and so insane on the right especially since trump was elected um that we've had this outburst of of humor has come into protesting that's always been there in the lgbtq community mm. but now i think it's really it's really spilled over to the whole community so i think that's that's a, a good way that we've kept ourselves sane especially during the pandemic too and one thing i've always told my kids when we go to protests or marches or any of the blm things saying whatever side you are on this is the side that's always going to have better music like hands down it's always going to be more enjoyable to dance with it's these true. folks than yes. with the, the other folks across the street screaming it's so true although they keep stealing our songs they do you know? do that it's quite rude. you gotta fight fire with fire <laughs> i know what that's what's great is that the, when people stand up and they're like no you can't use that song yeah, yeah. people were like no i'm sorry yeah. Yeah. we just have to keep writing new ones which is what betty is all about you know and one thing I was thinking about last night, um, this is, it's a little bit of a roundabout way, but um, my wife and I went to go see uh, Debbie Gibson's Winterlicious show, which was wow. everything you want and more from <laughs> Debbie Gibson and her backup dancers. But she did sort of the token, I have to sing a song about Hanukkah. And it felt very much like it was written from a perspective. And every artist does this. I'm not singling her out as grasping at straws to write a good seasonal Hanukkah song or many a Kwanzaa artists. song or not and, and not every artist, many. Thank you. <laughs> How hard is it to write a song about a faith other than your own? How do you do like, I, I was just confused because it was like nothing, but we touched on all the regular things. We touched on light, we touched on family and faith and I, they might as well have just worked the word Meshuggah into this because there is no <laughs> other way. Like we're just going to check off every everything that says Hanukkah to anyone on TV. Well, Elizabeth, you can either do Hanukkah. Yeah. To be being Jewish, um, Hanukkah is not about religion. Mm -hmm. It's not. I mean, Hanukkah is a very mi minor um, celebration in my family. And we're, we weren't religious, but we're very cultural. And we, did, we didn't celebrate Christmas. We celebrated the Jewish New Year and we celebrated things like that, Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah, mostly because we lived in a place that had no Jews. So we sort of had to represent. And, mm -hmm. um, but for as far as Hanukkah goes, it's, it's a pretty secular, as far as like religious Judaism goes, mm -hmm. um, holiday. You light candles and you celebrate the festival of lights, which, is, which was supposedly a miracle that happened when oil was put into the temples, right. uh, when the te first temple was destroyed. Um, back in Israel 5,000 years ago when Jews were, you know, it was our homeland. And um, the, the Romans came and destroyed it um, and the Maccabees, anyway. So the light that's supposed to be the eternal light went out and the oil that was in there that was only gonna, supposed to last for a couple hours ended up lasting for eight, eight nights. So that's really the celebration. So it really is, it's sort of a miracle that happened, but there's a lot of explanations for it. Mm. And I didn't even know about this until I was much older. So to write a song about Hanukkah, which I've never done, um, it, I don't think it would necessarily involve religion. 
Siri so talking about like religious just things in, other... in general like there's there's a lot I'm... of you know holly jolly christmas to is you know sleigh ride it's it's a thanksgiving song uh let's <laughs> you know i mean these songs that sort of evoke a season and it just sort of seems like why is it that nobody can kind of write something that feels very you know the christmas song for example but we have Elizabeth. You have misspoken because we do have we have Hanukkah songs in our show. We have a Hanukkah piece that we uh, that we do called um, "Cold Roof," and you know it's it's who Amy and Elizabeth are. And yes, they don't look at Hanukkah through a religious lens. If anybody is going to be religious in this band, it would be me because I'm you know the church going person. But I have two answers for you about the music and why it is that we can uh, speak to all faiths from our music. Mm -hmm. Both Elizabeth and Amy and I all grew up outside of America. We grew up with their father was in the military. My dad, I was a diplomat. My dad was in the State Department. So every two years I moved to a different country. So we are used to, in, 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 to having all these different cultures and getting influences from all these different cultures and then speaking through them to our audiences. So I think that's what sort of gives us a kind of a wider range of like, hey, we're all in this together. And the second reason is because of the church that I go to, which is called Middle Church, is um, proudly known in New York City as the church with the most atheists of any church in New York. Oh. It's completely multicultural, even though it functions as a Christian church. It's it's Jewish people. It's Buddhists. It's all kinds of people go there. And so because we believe as this aggregation of people that are trying to make a better, more beautiful world, we believe that our language is the same when we celebrate. And we do speak of light and we do speak of love and we do speak of food. And I believe that that is such a universal constant that if you just speak from the heart through those things, then it's always going to ring true. Then you add music. definitely speaks about sex and food, and that is very religious in and of itself. Yeah. It's a religious experience to have of sex. Course. It's a religious experience to eat a good meal. Yes. So there you go. Right? Touching everything. Well, so those are all, the, like you said, they're the, all the great unifiers, and you add music, right? You yes. do that through music, which is the ultimate unifier. Thus, why, you know, we all still love the same songs, whether we should be, we're allowed to play them or not. And it does bring people together. And I think that's so important. And I love what you're that's your tradition. That's tradition. tradition. Yeah. So when you hear when you hear a song that's that uh, brings you back to your childhood, that's nostalgic. You're not listening to the religious part of it. At least I am not. Because mm -hmm. I was never religious and I don't know about Christianity really. I know about it because it's the primary you know, religion over the head with it. Yeah. 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 But um I love songs. Uh, you know, I love Christmas stuff. I love Christmas music. I love Christmas uh, movies because they don't, there's no bad connotation there for me. I have no, I have no um, experience with, oh my God, I have to buy these presents or my parents are going to, you know, it's going to be a bad thing with the family. It's going to be a good thing, whatever it is. It's, I've had these traditions as I'm older. And one of my, my main traditions is the Betty Holidays, is the Be Betty Holiday show. So that's really my my nostalgic tradition. So when we do sing the songs, whether they're about uh, an Allison song, which is um, Christmas ain't coming. ain't coming, ain't coming, you know, it's it says Christmas in it, but to me, it's just so nostalgic because a, it's a beautiful song, and b, it's it's we've been singing it for twenty years now. So that's what I think most people respond to is the nostalgia and the good feeling of the of the music. And you know, of, of doing, 
And after having done it, thank you, Elizabeth. That was a beautiful answer. Um, after having done it for so long, what's really, really gratifying is people will come up to us and say, after the show, now the holidays can begin. It's become a yeah. tradition. Wow. It, it, it chokes go. me New up. Tradition. It yeah. chokes me up because every, it's like we year. kick off people's holidays and it makes me really happy. That is wonderful. It is. And we didn't know it was going to become this kind of a thing where it would happen, you know, annually because it, you know, honestly, it's not my choice to do an, a, a holiday show. It's <laughs> not my, my jam. It's not like, yeah, I want to do a holiday show because, you know, for me, who cares? But I love playing music. And what I do love is I love the tradition of it. And I love seeing people come back year after year and then people bringing friends and them coming back year after year. So it's, I mean, we're playing in a really big place in New York and in DC. So it's become, um, it's just become something that's, that's everything good about the holidays, which is family, whether it's real, whether it's blood family or not, celebratory, you know, alcohol, food and music. Well, I was wondering about that too, because I feel like also because of everything you're saying, that nostalgia, that familial chosen or, or, or blood or what have you, it feels like that holiday show is also a really amazing opportunity to introduce your music, your message to people that perhaps wouldn't be inclined to come to one of your shows otherwise, right? Perhaps someone who hadn't been exposed to before. If someone says, we got, there's this great band. They do this amazing holiday experience. You've got to come see it. I feel like it's a good entry point for maybe someone, maybe someone who is sort of, not to go back to, to the political side of things, but maybe someone who is sort of a fence sitter or who is sort of a disenchanted person on the right who wants to come back to reality or whatever it is. So there's, that feels like there might be that aspect too. Even if they don't want to come back to reality, whatever reality is, <laughs> yeah, true. They, they want to, um, I think people want to connect. Right. And connection is key when you're at a live show. You don't necessarily have to have our politics. We have a lot of people, right. we have 37,000 people who follow us on Facebook. Right. They don't have our, our, they don't all have our political, our same political motives. They, sure. they don't agree with what we think and what we say. We don't all agree anyway. Right. Three of, of us. We agree on certain things, pro-choice, et cetera. But um, so for people, people, especially now to the pandemic, to be visceral, to be face-to-face, -to, -face, to be in a group of people that are having a, an experience together, I think everybody's craving that. They're craving connection. And, and we make it easy in that, in, in that spirit in the holiday shows. So I agree with what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I have some dear, dear friends who are mom friends. You know what I mean? When you drop yeah. your kids off and we yeah. become friends who are full on Republican. I mean, like full on Republican and the show that they come to is the holiday show. Yeah. Oh yes, you're right. Bringing everyone together under one roof and on. celebrating. One Mama? song at a time. I love it. <laughs> yeah, we, that's been forever. We got together in DC during Reagan and, you know, we were vehemently anti-Reagan. He And, and uh, it's when people were dying of AIDS and people wouldn't play a gay pride. And we played at these things and it was very divisive. He was a very, he was one of the first very, very divisive presidents. And we still had people that would come to our concert well, not one of the first, but you oh, know, right. Andrew Jackson, but like, but a few, but I mean, in, as far as like the LGBT community went and, and mm. while people were dying of AIDS and things like that, and when I came of age, I didn't come of age with Nixon. I was, you know, a camp when he resigned, 
but it's um people still there was a sense still there that you could come together through music right. no matter what the politics were and i think that that's changed a bit it's much harder to come together in america now um, i think music and art are really some of the only things that will bring people back together you know yeah. because it's it's become so crazy um on 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 both sides in a lot of ways but especially on the right yeah, I would say music, art, and spectacle. Those are the three things that bring people together. You know what yeah. I mean? Like New Year's Eve, they're they're going to get together. Yeah, mm -hmm. sports events, that kind of thing. That's so true. So the new record that you're working on, yes. it's got to be daunting, especially in a holiday setting and environment. To be like, now we're going to play something new or something you haven't heard before and aren't super familiar with yet. We hope it will be one of your favorites down the road. Have you tested all the songs that are going to be on this record? No, that's what's really. <laughs> yeah. We're still recording. We're, that's, that's why we started a Kickstarter. We'd never done one before, but we have this album and we were working with someone that we knew back in, in Washington, D.C. a long time ago from a band called 9353 when music was just hopping in D.C. and all different like, people were coming together and it was great. There's a wonderful man by the name of Jason Carmer who has a studio in Mexico City. Elizabeth sent him one of our songs saying like, hey, this is one of our songs. And he sent something back that was so great. We were like, he's the one we're going to do our album with. But He's in Mexico City. So we realized we had to raise money because we're an independent band. We almost always have been. And, you know, usually people have labels that pay for things and we just don't have it. We don't have a government like other countries do that support the arts in that way. So we are turning to crowdfunding for the first time. And at first I was really reticent to do it. It's not my jam, but it's turned into such a beautiful experience. I'm absolutely loving it. Because people aren't just yeah. coming in for the money. They're coming in because they want to be part of the creation of something. And they that's want to be supportive of, of us, which is nice. They really want to be supportive of our music. You know, they've always been supportive of our shows and, and of who we are as humans. But they really want us to have a new album. So that's exciting. And they're coming on board with and showing their love with money, which is how money should be used, you know? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah Good. No, I was just gonna say they're coming out of the woodwork. People like my, you know, someone from my eighth grade class, my eighth grade English class out of nowhere, all of a sudden was like, here, have a hundred dollars. And it's just, yes. it's been really wonderful. It's like your whole, it's like, this is your life. All these mm -hmm. people <laughs> together with a big basket and throwing things in for Clarence Oddbody yes. to save oh. your career. It's wonderful. <laughs> That's yeah, especially after, you know, after the pandemic, which is very difficult for artists and musicians. It was difficult for everyone, but specifically- Certainly, if you could yeah. Play, and you couldn't be together and um you know that that was difficult and um and and this is just it is it is like us sitting there and people coming and dropping the dollars on on the desk you know and awesome. um, saving the savings yeah. and loan it's yes. <laughs> it is it's wonderful it's such a and it's it's so hilarious that we happen to do it at this in this season because it really is. It's like a little bell ringing every single time someone comes onto our Kickstarter and it just makes us so happy. And it's strangers now. It's people who I guess just like go on. I don't know Kickstarter, but I think some people just are on Kickstarter funding things all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's beautiful. It's really beautiful to see. Well, and especially those, like the people who don't know you, right? It's like yeah. just that they're, they just in what little introduction they've had, they feel that like you're you're worthy of it. And also this time of year when everybody's coming at you to donate and you've got to buy presents, if you know, that's what you do and all those things, 
like it's just that further little angels giving their wings all yes. over to to have that happen. So yeah, okay. it is wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. And we and we we're communicating with everybody. We send them little updates and special things. Anytime anybody has a question, we answer their questions. We've got great prizes like really great prizes that I'm very excited about. So I'm hoping that your your listeners will pop over and just take a look at the prizes, if nothing else, because I think they'll be entertained. Yes. And when does it close? When does the campaign close? Ooh, good question. That ends on December 16, December 16, which means we, I think we only have like about a week left yeah. you know, with this airing when it is. So on week four, we're really hoping that people can step step up and we're 80, over 80% funded. That's so, wonderful. And I feel like that end is always when you see it really mm-hmm. kind of people who are on the fence be like, no, I got it. If, if not now, when right. they, mm-hmm. they don't have to wait. Hope and so. it's, sorry, you were going to say Elizabeth. Hope so. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. God is people, people will be like, Oh, I gave that, but Oh, just that little bit. I just like 20 bucks more. It'll get them there. So you'll see. Well, the thing about, yeah. The thing about Kickstarter is if you don't, if you're not fully funded, you don't get any of the right. money. Right. right. So. so, and I'm assuming too, as artists, you know, like you said, Ali, you're not comfortable with it, kind of going hat in hand to your audience or everyone being like, hey, can you do us a solid, you know, yeah. art well, is hard. It's a much bigger picture for a person like me, you know, maybe other people used to it. I am a doer. I will do, I'm the one that like gets things done. So there are people are like, relegate, delegate. You know, I don't do that. So the thought that I'm actually having to delegate this responsibility to other people has been a really big life lesson for me. And that's why I'm saying it's so gratifying personally for me. It's like, it's really causing growth, spiritual growth as well. It's nice. That's awesome. That's yeah, super is, Heidi. Yeah, it really is. That's fantastic. How long have you been working on this? collection of songs was this sort of been a piecemeal because it's been a while it's been a few years since the last record yes and you know what during the pandemic was when we really when it was all shut down and we couldn't gig and we couldn't even use zoom other people could use zoom to keep on going but we sing together and anybody who's ever tried to sing happy birthday together you can't do it on zoom right so that's when the idea really started to cement for us that we really needed to do this album we have a couple of songs on there that are older songs that we've been revisiting or we just haven't had a chance to record. We have some new ones and then we're like still writing some other ones too. So it's sort of like a, a little bit of everything. Are you the kind of people who are just constantly writing all the time or do you wait until it's sort of like that deadline of we, we got to finish this record. We got to have 10 things to go into the studio with. We're constantly writing all the time, but we don't necessarily write together. Like I write all the time, Elizabeth does, and so does Amy. But this is when we come together, when we actually have time to come together, that's yeah. when we you know, create more. And that's when it's a little bit more um, project oriented. But we're constantly writing. Anytime I'm writing a bike, I write, uh, songs pop through my head. I, I can't help it. It's just something about the, the turning of the wheels makes <laughs> songs come up. What about you, Elizabeth? When do, when do, you, when do you find yourself I don't, writing? I don't write that often. I write other things. I've been writing scripts. I've written scripts, a lot of scripts. Um, I've been writing a book. I write uh, pieces of songs that I have, a lot of different pieces, as you can tell from flow and things like that, um, that I have little, usually it's the chorus or something like that, and I'll put it into my phone, but then I won't finish the song. It's pretty rare that I, I complete a whole song unless I'm sitting down and, and it just happens. It flows through like soundproof. But even that was um, 
difficult. So it's difficult for me to finish a song. It's easy for me to start one. Um, but other things are easier for me to write, mm -hmm. you know, it's easier for me to write a, a pilot script than it is a song. I think songs are difficult. It's much easier for me to write a poem. I wrote a lot. I write a lot of poems um, and I write, you know, letters to people and things like that. So uh, did you I know that our friend Elizabeth here was actually a writer on a Showtime mega hit The L Word? We may actually have known that. <laughs> when she says that she's writing scripts, she's right. She knows what she speaks. I mean, she's written yeah. some incredible award-winning scripts. Oh, that's nice. I don't know if they're award-winning, but they're good. Yeah. And they got, we can they we got can done. say they are. They, we, we can, can say we they can, are. We can we can create an award right now to yeah. it to you, so we, it's official. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think we all write different things. Allison's a great writer too. Like I would Thank love for Allison to write a book. I'm actually. I'm actually in a book right now. Thank you very much. Someone oh. said, someone, uh, Elizabeth Hines put the call out as soon as we heard about the Dobbs decision where, where abortion went, was being taken away from all women, put out the call saying, okay, we need to write a book right now about women's abortions, women's experience with abortions. Then so there was like a whole other explanation that I just didn't pay attention to, just the first part. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I just sat down and I dashed off this story about um, my mother and my mother having, uh, you know, her reproductive journey and um, sent it off to Elizabeth Hines. And then afterwards I realized, oh crap, I'm not writing anything that anybody else was supposed to write in the book, but they put it in the book anyway. And it's a wonderful book that I'm really excited about. I'm just gonna go get it for you so you can take a look please, at it. Yes. yes, please. My sister is also writing a, ch a children's book right now that she's uh, dealing with the publisher about. So we all write other things other than music. So yeah, there, there we go. Aftermath. Yep. The, the book cool. is called Aftermath, Life in Post-Royal America. And it's got people like Ruby Sales and Linda Villarosa and Gloria Steinem and Gloria, just a lot of amazing people have it been in this book. And it's I'm I'm gratified to be in it because I'm not usually this kind of a writer. So it's yeah. wonderful to sort of expand yourself from the poetry and songwriting that we usually do to a longer form. And Elizabeth is right, it is actually easier to write as much as you want to, as opposed to keep editing down as you have to as a songwriter, you have to edit it down and then sometimes even rhyme it. So this was a really fun experience for me. Well, this is really- also, uh... even stuff that we, Yeah, even stuff we write individually when we bring it to the band, it doesn't get done unless we all like it or something happens or it sparks something. So there's a whole, and then after we've been playing a song for a while, then we'll stop playing it. So we have a whole library of things that we don't play a lot. Um, so it's interesting. It's just, you know, after 37 years, you, you can imagine that the, the yeah. songs change. Sure. Well, that's what I was wondering, because, Ali, you said how Zoom didn't work for the three of you because of the way you have your voices connect. Is it only sort of when the three of you are bringing stuff together to, to put together a song to kind of add those layers of voices? Does it feel like, oh, this is a Betty song? Uh, yes. It's when the three of us get together, that's when it happens. Although sometimes we'll also just like send around a recording and mm -hmm. say, here's this, and someone else will respond with a recording. But generally it is, like Elizabeth was talking about, there's a magic that happens when people are in the same room together. That's when, you know, endorphins really flow and all that. And I think that is the, the, chemis the, the chemical makeup of our band is mm -hmm. we really have to be in the same room. And we, I, we need to be in the same room. To, uh, we don't need to be in the same room to fight, which we do very uh -huh. often. Oh, well, there but, you go. Uh, yeah. yeah. We could do uh, on Zoom easily. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. it was, um, 
after 37 years, if there weren't fights, that there'd be something really creepy about you guys. Right? Yeah. It's 36, but who's counting? Yeah, details. There were fights from the very beginning. Uh, it's my sister, my sister and I. So you can only imagine. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, we're family. It, Betty's sort of a way of life. Like we never envisioned, I never envisioned that we were going to be together for this long. But it's just one day at a time, I guess. It's like, um, and things when we do play together and when it's good, it's amazing. Can't touch that feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we've been so fortunate because, I mean, yes, we're a band. We go around. But most bands will, like, get into the van and do, you know, seven shows out and be gone for two weeks. And that's never been our case. We'll go. And we'll do We'll go to, say, for instance, if we're doing a show in Red Rocks. We'll go out to Red Rocks. We'll be there for a week. Make some friends, hang out, awesome. do some shopping. And it's the, our, been our entire career. We have That's never, awesome. um, only the very beginning did we actually tour around. Like we'll go to Germany and, you know, it's a long trip. So, you know, you got to stay yes. for four or five yes. days to go to Oktoberfest. And it's been just this incredible, someone said to me today, God bless her. She said, I've been living in New York for 20 years. My husband left and now I'm so lonely. And I was like, oh, God, I totally hear you. And I feel I feel for you. But I've never had that experience because Elizabeth, Amy and I have been this little group, this little clique or whatever that's been traveling around the world and having all these experiences for so long. You know, I, sometimes it would be nice to be a little lonely, but, you know, <laughs> it's just we, we don't have the opportunity to do that because we're, all, you know, from South Africa to Sydney to Cincinnati, we've gone all over the world. And it's been an incredible adventure and it continues to be so. It's so funny you just mentioned that. Too. I, I literally just had this conversation with my sister on our way home today about how awful it is when you go travel the world and you're there for your show and then you're out and you don't even actually experience like the fact that you've prioritized the full experience is just it's amazing and it makes it so much better makes oh, everything okay. better. Absolutely. Feeds the art better, probably causes more fights traveling together for longer periods of time, but the experiences you'll share forever. Exactly. And that's why we have friends yeah, all over the world. Yes. And, and we're looking forward to play. Like we, we're going to be going to Thailand because there's a friend who's play, you know lives there and it's it's really wonderful. And I think, again, it gives us a perspective on this country that maybe mm -hmm. some people don't have because we have been able to synthesize these things that we've learned as a group, as a class. You know yes. what I mean? all around for this long for three decades Absolutely. so it's really cool very cool yeah, very very cool and if any of any of your people ever were interested in finding out more about us we actually have something that elizabeth created which is a podcast called betty girl band because people ask us questions all the time so elizabeth had the idea tell them about your idea well i i was i did listen to podcasts now i listen to audiobooks but um I was listening and interested in podcasts and a lot of the podcast uh, audio doesn't sound great. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I have a studio as you can see. Yes. Um, and so I wanted, I just wanted us to tell our story and the real story, because a lot of times in interviews, you know, over the years, you sort of, there's an amalgamation of what the story is, but um, we sat down and then I edited it. And so there's 13 episodes and we have, we stopped like in the eighties, Still, so we have the 90s to go and 2000s, but we have 13 episodes and they're on our uh, website, hellobetty.com under podcasts. And if you listen to it, you should listen to it literally um, in order chronologically because the, it starts with episode one and then it starts with us when we first got to know each other and our first band and Allison because she kept 
she kept these archives, musically, musical archives. Oh, um, so I transferred them digitally and then I used them. So it's a real look into our past, a sonic look into our past. It's interesting. I actually had tapes from 1985 that we hadn't listened to cassette tapes like this. Wow. They're just like stashed away because you know, because I moved around so much. I think that's why I'm like I cling on to whatever things I can hang on to. And so Elizabeth has edited together this really cool history. And you don't remember what you've forgotten, if you know what I mean. So when yeah. the three yeah. of us would get together, she would put up a microphone, the three of us would sit together and then, she, you know, she would have like a prompt to get us started. Before we knew it, half an hour had gone by and we'd actually remembered things because we could come at it from three different angles. And it was just really, it's a great experience to go back and sort of like look at your life truly and see how far you've come. Well, this is life together. It's rare. It's rare that you have three people that aren't intimately involved that have spent yeah. this much time together sure. and shared so many experiences. And what's really interesting for me is to see that all of our memories are completely different. <laughs> so different. Completely yeah. different. Yeah. So it's it memory really is subjective. Yeah. And you know, there's there's that whole thing about the the three men who can't see who touch an elephant. And mm -hmm. one's like one holds its trunk and says, Oh, it's like a snake. And one's, you know, that's exactly <laughs> yeah. what it's like for us too. And these great stories of like, you know, when we met James Brown and all these other things coming from three different angles. So it's I think it's a really great podcast. And on top of that, you have the synthesis of the art you've created, sort of, right. again, this sort of uh, snake eating its own tail, just going around and your experiences informing the art and the art informing the experiences, just again. Ready as an Ouroboros, you're exactly yeah. right. <laughs> well, I feel incredibly lazy and unproductive. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. About it. yeah, my God. <laughs> Outside my window, the snow on the ground There used to be sugar, the salt melted brown And the fairy lights strung on the fire escape Are broken and flapping like old cassette tape The bells on the block find all of these links you can go to their linktree account linktr.ee slash betty rules you can check out their website hellobetty.com and if you want to get directly to the kickstarter page they are at kickstarter.com slash project slash betty rules slash betty dash the dash new dash album let's get them over the top let's get this record made you can check us out on all the various socials be sure to visit our website at rockandrollgradschool.com and don't forget to leave us a review. Today's show is produced by myself and Heidi Hegquist. Our reluctant producers are John Sauvet and Sandy Stone. Our willing producers are Rachel Allen and Randy Jeanette. Our intern is Zach Jackson. This one's for Philippe. Thank you, good night, and may all your favorite bands stay together. Mm -hmm.